0: The Paul Kaharski Podcast is brought to you by the Yazoo Brewing Company, celebrating 15 years of beer in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey,
1: everyone. Welcome into the Paul Kaharski Podcast. I'm his co-host, Madison Blevins, and I'm really excited to be back hosting this podcast with PK and talking with you guys because I feel like it's been a little over a month since we've been able to link up. So special thanks to our sponsor, Yazoo Brews, a Southern original since 2003. If you haven't checked them out, Make sure to try a cold one soon. PK, how's it going?
0: It's going great. I'm glad to have you back and uh, eager to catch people up on uh, impressions of training camp so far.
1: Um. So it's July 31st, 2018. Is today a significant day for you or is it just another day?
0: Yeah, just another day. If another day is the one-year anniversary of uh, launching this whole expedition. Ooh. Very, uh, exciting. It's been an amazing year. I had no idea what to expect a year ago when I, uh, stepped off, off the high dive, if you will. Um. And people have been incredibly responsive, um, so I, I'm incredibly thankful to everybody that's been along for the ride, the people from the very beginning, and the people who've uh, who've joined up lately, and uh, and to, to friends who've helped me out like you have, and to to a great list of sponsors that I'll uh, tick off later on, including Yazoo, who who sponsors these podcasts, and uh, I really had no idea what I was getting into on the on the business end of it and i really had no idea what i was getting into i i felt like i'd have an audience i felt like people would uh would jump in i felt like uh 5.99 a month wasn't an unreasonable ask and uh, enough people have agreed that i am uh doing just fine thank you very much so uh thank you very much to everybody out there happy birthday to us and let's get on with you too.
1: okay well we'll get on in a second i need to rewind for a second um What did you just say? Thank you to everyone that's helped you out, all your friends, including me. Yeah, especially you. Yeah, thank you for saying that now because I was just about to call you out for writing this long thank you on paulkarski.com today. Uh, Thanking everyone that's helped you out, all your sponsors, all your friends, all the people that made this possible. And I'm reading it and I was like, oh, this is like really awesome. PK is being emotional, sentimental, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna read my name here in a second. Like, thank you to Madison Blevins for co-hosting my podcast and for running the admin of my website and Facebook. And I, I never saw my name, so I- that was
0: yeah. sweet. That's a bad oversight by me, and I feel terrible, and I apologize. And I can open that and read <laughs> that as we speak. And you, uh, you will be in there. Unfortunately, the first several hundred people who've read it uh, aren't going to, including see it. me. including Including you, but you can, you can, you can see the adjusted version and, uh, you raise a very fair point. You should Mm -hmm. absolutely have been mentioned in there. And that was uh, an oversight. I apologize. And thank you for making my parents are here. So it's almost like I just heard from my mom.
1: Well, you know, I'm going to call you out, but for real, um, no, I'm glad I've gotten to work with you this past year and you have brought great Titan analysis and I don't I don't think anyone expected anything less. So, congrats on your one year! And like you said, I'm ready to see what you bring for year two.
0: Will there be cake? Do you have any cake? Um,
1: No, probably not going to be. I probably would have gotten you a cake if you thanked me before, but it's probably not going to happen now.
0: We're Um, recording through Google Hangout, I believe, today, and you could have brought cake to the Hangout. That would have been good. I would eat cake because I'm eating lousy. And you wouldn't eat cake because you know I was going to say, would
1: you eat my vegan cake? I'd make no. I mean, it's really. I mean,
0: is chocolate vegan?
1: Uh, Dark chocolate, cacao.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I'm skeptical. I like ice. I I like a nice icing.
1: Well, anyways, let's break it down. Speaking of year two, the Titans are back into training camp, and it's year one with head coach Mike Vrabel. It's been cool. We've been out there every single day. And as we know, it's a brand new offense being brought this year. What is the most encouraging thing you've seen out of Matt LaFleur's new offense?
0: Well, there have been more throws to the running backs. Now, not every throw to a running back is a screen pass, uh, and I don't know how many screen passes we've seen, but this team is going to throw screen passes to the running back, and the Titans historically um, don't or haven't successfully really thrown many passes to the running back outside of you know uh, emergency dump-off, check-down passes. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Derrick Henry needs to be good at it, so that uh, people aren't presuming that that Deion Lewis is going to get the the bulk of them and defending the two running backs in a different way. Uh, he's obviously uh, more skilled at it, more more a traditional pass catching back. But Derrick Henry certainly capable of it as well and if you get him the ball in space with the caravan of Anna blockers uh you know it doesn't take him long to build up a head of steam so um i think that's uh going to be an exciting element of this offense that we haven't quite caught a, a, a full glimpse of yet uh, i think darius jennings has been pretty good he's made some mistakes but they they need some depth at receiver um, you know, particularly you know, Corey Davis had a day off recently, but Rashard Matthews hasn't been out there at all yet. Uh, and so this team is, is not very good at wide receiver. And if one of these guys at the bottom end, uh, can emerge as a legitimate guy that should be on the 53 man roster and can be counted on if he's put on the field. Um, I, I think Darius Jennings is encouraging in that regard. Uh, he's a journeyman. If you, if you look at his list of NFL transactions, he he told a couple people uh, recently that he's been cut more than he's been signed, which mathematically doesn't really work out. That's have to you have to have been signed at least as often as you've been cut to be in the league. But um, he uh, or one more time, I guess. But uh, I, I, I'm encouraged about him. I, I'm intrigued by him. Uh, and I think, too, uh, you know, this isn't a Matt LaFleur deal, but the contracts for, for Taylor Lawan and Delaney Walker kind of show the organizational commitment to guys who've been productive and do things the way that Titans want things done. And those are two good linchpins to have locked up now. So... um I think it's encouraging. I think uh, you know Marcus Mariota and, and Lafleur are still working through some stuff, and it, it's early. We've we've only had five days, so uh, we're going to get a much bigger taste of the offense, and hopefully, a much more consistent, uh, much more consistent display from the offense.
1: Well, and you brought up Corey Davis, and I think everyone is wanting to know out know why he sat out just four days in, and you know maybe we could expect that in week three, but four days into training camp somebody who did not have a great season last season, he's sitting out. Does that discourage you at all?
0: I, I, no, because I, I am uh, giving the benefit of the doubt to to uh, Mike Vrabel. And I, and I think uh, the NFL's evolving sports in general are evolving in a way that really favors rest, uh, which is a real departure in the NFL, right? You're supposed to struggle through, you know, the old time, you struggled through two days and, and endured everything. And Vrabel told the story about, you know, I think he had 10 a days uh, in a row, where, which was the only stretch of his career where he ended up in the cold tub. Uh, told his teammate, Ted Johnson, uh, about eight days into that, like, hey, I'm going to have to get in there. <laughs> I think I need it.
1: Well, and Vrabel uh, mentioned after practice, uh, I think it was yesterday, how his body hurts him if he's just standing for too long.
0: Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I can't imagine Corey Davis's body is hurting him. He's not a former player who played the years that uh, that Vrabel played and, and took that pounding. Um, you know, and a linebacker's going to be involved in a lot more collisions than a wide receiver. Look, my my read on the situation is they've got these GPS trackers on every player. There's a little pocket, um, you know, right below the neckline on, on the back that fits this little GPS device. And they collect those after every practice and collect the data off of that. And I think that he probably ran more in the first three days than they imagined him running and that they thought was good for him to run. And so they decided to to put him on the shelf for a day and let him be inside with the trainers working and, and be ready for that kind of scrimmagey situational football that they played on day five. Uh, we had a big debate about this on the midday 180, and, and, uh, and Hutton and Withrow are are not as big a fans of it. You know, certainly they don't feel like a guy who, um, who missed a good share of his rookie season with hamstring injuries and everything and has so much to prove has earned a day off. I don't know about earning it or not. I think if he's run more than they think he should run and they're trying to maximize his chances to be ready, I, I don't have a beef with it. Um. So, you know, like I said, I'm trying to give Vrabel the benefit of the doubt on things like that at the start, and, uh, you know, we'll see how, how it plays out in the long run, if it helps him. But I think we're going to see more days off in general, uh, you know, and, and whether we, we, having watched practice, deem them to be uh, a guy to be worthy of the day off or not, uh, you know, isn't Vrabel's big concern. It's, it's with having his team ready to go on opening day, first and foremost.
1: Well, yeah, I don't think days off are bad at all. But a guy who's had too many days off, Rashard Matthews, you touched on him a little bit in the open. What is his status of his injury, and when might we see him back?
0: We don't know. Uh, Now, it was misreported earlier this week that he had been put on PUP, that Rashard Matthews had been put on PUP. He was on PUP, uh, physically unable to perform, when he arrived. He didn't arrive the first day, and he wasn't asked to arrive the first day. That's another thing, by the way, on Corey Davis. Uh, Corey Davis reported on Sunday. So you know these early arrivals, guys who were hurt um, at the end of uh, the off season, rookies and quarterbacks, they had some some practices Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday before the team took the field on Thursday. So there were three practices. They weren't you know necessarily at the same speed, and they certainly weren't contact. We don't know what they were, but there were three days of work there that we didn't see, and so we don't know what he did there. Um, so Rashard Matthews wasn't asked to be in on that Sunday, which was the report day for rookies, guys who finished the off season injured and quarterbacks. He wasn't asked to be in until Tuesday and Wednesday or Wednesday. When he got in on Tuesday or Wednesday, he was placed on PUP. Uh, and, and the team failed to share that not out of any, uh, for no reason other than they just didn't. They kind of forgot. I think it it wasn't any kind of hiding the injury information stuff, which they're going to do plenty of. They're already doing plenty of. But so there was no big change in Rashard Matthews' status this week. And uh, you know, Mike Grable was asked about it, not really knowing that some some reporters thought that he had been added to PUP. He said, "You know, he's not ready to practice. He's hurt, and he's not ready to practice. That's why he's on PUP. And it's as simple as that. A lot of people are looking for you know." some kind of uh, a story that's not necessarily there. I mean, it's a little fishy, right? We don't know what happened to him. We don't know when it happened to him. He either had a setback from something that was left over from the season or suffered a new injury some point early in the offseason because the Titans' Facebook special showed him running routes and making catches in team periods of OTA practice. Now, that could have just been one practice. It could have been two or three but we know he participated uh, at full speed at some point in that and then was sat down so something happened whether it was new or a reaggravation of something old we don't know what that is a lot of speculation that it's a uh, a right calf injury based on him wearing a sleeve on that leg and maybe some you know magnetic tape or whatever that stuff is Uh, And I don't know if we'll get to find out. They're being very secretive about stuff. They need him out there. This is not a good receiving core. It's not a good enough receiving core with them. It's certainly not a good enough receiving core without him.
1: So we don't know if he's going to play in that first preseason game next Thursday against Green Bay.
0: I would bet uh, uh, against it. I mean, I would think that they'd want him to have a a week of practice. Uh, I I presume if he came off PUP tomorrow, uh, Thursday and had a week of practice, maybe, but, I I would think it's highly highly unlikely that we'll see uh, that we'll see him uh, in preseason game number one. I don't know how likely it is, even if he emerges sometime soon, that we see him in preseason game number two.
1: Two other receivers that have stood out to me in watching them is Taywan Taylor and Tajay Sharp. What versatility do they bring to this offense?
0: Well, uh, Tajay Sharp played, I believe, sixty one percent of his snaps last season in the slot. Uh, this year I I don't think he played any uh, in the most recent practice inside and I talked to him before that and he said he had played 100% of his snaps outside so they look at him as having a different role it would appear I don't think all of that is Matthews missing I I think they want Taywan Taylor's speed on the outside to be a factor for them offensively and that they see other people uh, better suited to the slot. Michael Campanero's been the primary slot receiver. I don't know how it breaks down once Corey Davis, um, Rashard Matthews, and Taewon Taylor are all out there together. I don't know who will be in the slot, but it's not going to be. It doesn't appear exclusively Taewon Taylor. Otherwise he would have been working there at least to some degree so far. Um, Tajay Sharp, you know, uh, isn't ranking particularly high. Otherwise he would very clearly be the next receiver in line after Davis after Taylor, he, I would have thought before Campanero, but at least after Campanero, and he's not. He's in a batch of guys there that include Darius Jennings and Nick Williams and and the like. Uh, one day on Saturday, I charted all the receiver snaps with Marcus Mariota, and Tajay Sharp had the same number, I believe, as Nick Williams. Uh, you know, so um, he's got room to uh, to to show some things, but he doesn't. He he doesn't have rank. Um, in this group based on where he was when he finished his rookie year, during which he started, uh, I think, every game or all but one game and put up some reasonable numbers for a fifth-round pick out of UMass. Uh, I hope he's a factor in this offense. He doesn't seem like a big run-after-the-catch guy, and this is a big run-after-the-catch offense. But I, I did notice at one point, and I tweeted out a couple videos of him in this um, Open field tackling drill where he was going against two defenders and two times in a row made a really nifty move to uh, to split or get through those two defenders. So uh, they want him to keep his weight up. That's something that Vrabel said mm-hmm. this week, um, which is interesting. He's a slight guy, taller than a lot of the slight guys they have. But uh, it'll be interesting to see if he keeps that weight up and what he could do with preseason chances and where he can uh, inject himself in into the mix there's certainly room for him to do so.
1: Well, Pads came back on on Saturday for the first time since the end of last season. It's fun to watch because this is a great way for those newcomers to highlight just what they have to offer. Who are some of those new rookies that, you know, stuck out to you?
0: Well, there's a defensive uh, lineman named Mike Ramsey who uh, I've been trying to keep an eye on, who is uh, a little Jarrell Casey-like in that he doesn't really look the part, um, but but was very productive at, at Duke. He's a guy that I'm kind of curious about and keeping my eye on. Um, and, and it's hard to know really what you have out of those kind of guys um, because... Uh, the workload changes, you know, once they're, you know, certainly once they get in the pads, you could see a little bit more of them. But you really want to see them take on somebody in a game situation. So I'm interested to see him in, uh, in the second half of a preseason game. Uh, Sharif Finch, outside linebacker, Jamel President, outside linebackers, some guys that are going to have some opportunities, particularly, particularly uh, if Brian Arako's out for the first preseason game, everybody will move up a slot and some of these guys will get some time a little bit earlier in the rotation um, than we might have expected. Uh, Those are just a couple of of the names at this point that I'm curious about, and and we will have to see. Another guy that's – I'm surprised at how much – how red and how viewed the video I did on him has been. Uh, I think it's really taken off in North Dakota, Madison. I think we're huge in North Dakota. Uh, <laughs> Nick Nick DeLuca played at North Dakota State as a um, as an outside linebacker, uh, 6'3", 250, um, from Omaha. And they asked him at the beginning of camp to move to tight end, which he did very willingly. A video of him talking to me about it. He said exactly what you would hope a guy said, like, Coach, whatever I could do to help the team, point me to the tight end meeting room, please. Um, and so he's somebody worth keeping an eye on. He hasn't really been thrown to, as best I can tell. But Ethan Wolfe's been bad. Um, and some of these, uh, you know, uh, Luke Stocker is uh, is going to get a lot of snaps as a blocking tight end. He's caught the ball poorly or dropped it when he's caught it. Um, and so, you know, maybe DeLuca gets a, a second-hand chance, a second-half chance there to to show something. And it'll be interesting. Uh, Titans haven't done much position changing. So on a rare occasion where they're doing some position changing, I'm I'm curious to see what a guy looks like and curious to see if he shows us anything that tells us, oh, that's why they decided that he was better suited uh, to try to be an NFL tight end than to be an NFL outside linebacker.
1: PK, I got to pause the football talk really quick. Um, today, oh, it'll be quick. Yeah, you know, I, I, I it's it's su- probably that's why I hesitated really quick because it probably won't be. Because today, you know, I'm sitting at my desk at the zone and I'm listening to the midday 180, and all of a sudden, I hear <laughs> Chad bring up uh, you being a big fan of a certain Netflix movie called The Kissing Booth. I really want everyone to go look up this movie because the story I'm about to tell is hilarious. PK, I'm, and I'm not kidding. About a week ago, six of the myself and six of my girlfriends decided we wanted to have a uh, cheesy movie night, and we were like, "Let's, you know, pick pick a cheesy movie on Netflix that is so bad, but you can't stop watching it." <laughs> and the kissing booth happened to be that
0: movie. And Who brought this movie to the table? Which brilliant uh, member of the six six of you brought this film to the table? We
1: all kind of like mutually – because we watched the trailer and we were like, this is going to be so bad, but it's probably going to be good. And we love movies like that. We love just like the feel good. Like we know it's bad, but it's it, addicting. You can't look away. No, okay. That, the Kissing Booth movie, that was not the case. We were all like this movie is so bad. The plot, the storyline, it didn't make sense but I will say, fun fact, the two characters, um, the two main characters are dating in real life
0: so... Uh, them, when you them, say them they're dating in it, real life, is she dating the best friend or is she, she dating, dating the brother the, that she fell in love No, with?
1: the brother that she fell in love with. So the chemistry was real, which was cool. But we we ended, the, we watched it all. We ended the movie and we're like, eh, that wasn't one of those movies that we were like, oh, it was so so bad but so good. And so I'm laughing so hard hearing Chad talk about him watching this movie and you watching this movie, because that is the polar opposite of any type of movie I ever thought I would think Paul Kuharski would like.
0: Yeah, look, it's uh, it's not quintessential Paul Kuharski. Um uh,
1: but how did I just need to know how you started watching this in the first place?
0: Well, I think honestly, at what point
1: I, did you think you would enjoy that? I,
0: well, I read a lot about Netflix, right? Because I have trouble <laughs> sorting through Netflix to, to like find what I should be finding. I, I know people say it's like super intuitive and it steers you towards the right stuff. I don't find it to be that way for me. Maybe I haven't watched enough on there. But so I read, you know, about what they're producing. And so I saw a mention of this movie, and I don't remember what struck me about it. Um, but for whatever reason, I turned it on. I was like looking for stuff on Netflix, and I was uh, so I had flipped over my TV from the TV cable source to the Netflix source, which I watched through Apple TV. I like high school movies. I loved high school. I think you and I like yeah, this. Yeah, I loved world. high school. A lot of people hated high school and a lot of people love to say they hated high school. And a lot of people, let's be frank, we're losers. And <laughs> I, I, you and I were similar in high school in that we were winners and we had a big time in high school. I loved high school. I, I had a <laughs> great time. I kicked ass in high school. I, I kicked <laughs> ass and I took names. And so I like movies that take me back to that time in my life. And Kissing Booth was not a good film, but it, it was a good film at taking me back to that time in my life. And for an hour and a half on that night, I thought about nothing except this high school romance. And I thought there were some funny, cute moments in it. But look, I'm not going to pretend there's not a hypocritical element to the idea that I like this film, which is just the sort of film I would bash Chad Winthrow Absolutely. for watching. Except for Chad Wintereau. Watches one of these bad films every other day, <laughs> and this is the first one I've ever told you about watching. So I've watched one, but this he one was really three bad. A week. Still, I've watched and endorsed one. He watches three a week, so uh, I, I'm still the victim here in listening to him talk about bad movies weekly. He listened to me talk about bad movie once, once.
1: Yeah, but Chad comes off as a he, and he is a sweet, you know. Oh,
0: he comes polite.
1: Polite guy. Well, the
0: headline on this podcast is that you Madison know, just called Chad Withrow phone. No,
1: he, I mean, he doesn't have, you know, your hardcore BA image. And so it's so funny that Paul Garsky is watching The Kissing Booth. <laughs> did you watch it alone? Or did I Simon watch no, it? No, did no. Simon pick Simon's it?
0: Simon's not watching a high school <laughs> romance with me at in the evening. He goes to bed.
1: Oh, yeah. I forgot you won't even let him watch Sandlot.
0: Uh, he can watch Sandlot. He chooses not to watch Sandlot. He watched the preview of Sandlot, the trailer, and he said, I don't think I'm ready for that. And then today, uh, he was in the office with me because uh, my parents were arriving in town, and I made him an offer that if he wanted to come to the radio, he could uh, hang out and play games and watch movies and then come to the airport with me to pick up his grandparents. And he was, took me up on that offer. And so uh, Jonathan said something to him, like, hey, um, are uh, you going to watch the Sandlot? And Simon said something like, maybe when I'm a million. And um, Hut, <laughs> Hut, Hutton very earnestly said, I really liked it when I was your age. I can't recommend it highly enough. And Simon just kind of shrugged his shoulders. Now, part of the reason he doesn't want to watch it is because I want him to watch it. It's part of the reason he pretends like he roots for Mexican soccer and the Red Sox.
1: <laughs> and Bama, right?
0: I think I've weaned him off of that by explaining to him what that means exactly. and we're working on that with the red Sox and uh, and with mexican soccer and this is going to conclude part one of <laughs> uh of the paul kuharski podcast uh brought to you from two super secret locations in brentwood tennessee and nashville madison blevin's doing a great job steering the ship here yazoo is the sponsor of uh of our podcast uh it's great beard nashville made uh, i'm partial to the hefeweizen not just in the summertime but uh all year round. So check that out. Here's the quick sales pitch. My site costs you $5.99 a month, or you can get 12 months for the price of 11 in an annual membership. I've had over 2 million clicks in one year. People are finding stuff here that they're not finding anywhere else. Uh, I am the independent authority on this team. And if you claim to be a big Titans fan, you need to be a part of it. We've created a real community of people who are uh, friends with each other and looking out for each other uh, in these Periscope and Facebook live sessions that we have on our private, private Facebook page. If you become a member, you also get 5% off anything at Tennessee tickets, um, which is uh, one of our, uh, our title sponsor actually. And so uh, I urge you to uh, seriously consider a membership. It's the price of a fancy cup of coffee or a fancy drink. Uh, And I am consistently told that it is a steal. And before we go to uh, the part that is for members only, I want to mention all of my sponsors. So I've mentioned Yazoo, which sponsors these broadcasts, uh, these podcasts, Tennessee tickets, where you get a 5% discount if you're a member. MDI Construction sends me on the road. High quality commercial, retail, and industrial construction since 2003, their building and bidding timetable can't be matched. They're sending me all over the country and to London this season. Pickers Vodka sponsors the Periscopes and the Facebook Lives, and Party File has sponsored guest columns by uh, several people who have written for me. A big announcement is coming for the site soon about somebody they're helping me have as part of the site that you're not going to want to miss. Stay tuned for part two, members only. We get to the good stuff. We'll be right back. The Paul Kuharski Podcast is a joint production of paulkuharski.com and Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L dot